Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew for Aleph. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Peter Coggill, Jordan Fermanis and Nick Hare of Aleph. And this week, we're thinking about the Roman Empire. Nick, take us off. Why? What? What? Why? What? What's so, going on? Um, well, this is a suggestion from loyal listener Helge, mm. uh, and he uh, writes to ask our reaction to the a meme which has recently taken off. And okay. it's actually got its origins in late 2022, when a, I think a Swedish uh, I think it's blogger, got its origins, like going back a couple of thousand right, years. Right, we'll get really, to that. So the, uh, but, but at the end of last year, some, someone uh, posted in uh, on, I think, a Swedish TikTok, maybe, something like that, um, that they noticed that there's a big disparity mm. between the frequency with which they as a woman thought about the Roman Empire and their boyfriend who claimed to think about the Roman Empire a lot. And then uh, that was picked up uh, about a month or two ago, so September um, this year, uh, and it became a bit of an Instagram TikTok meme where women would ask their partners how often they thought about the Roman Empire and then seem very surprised when the answers were what they perceive to be frequent. So the answers would be things like, uh, think about it, you know, a couple of times a week or something, or every day. Mm. And um, that obviously seems like ridiculously <laughs> frequent to the women who are posting. Um, and uh, and I think it's a, I think it's a really good meme because it has exposed something just there, which nobody had ever really uh, identified, and where in, you know in, uh, we're sharing a world with people who might think about things really, really differently to the way that we do. And I think that's always very interesting. Um, but anyway, so I did a bit of personal data. I asked my partner, who's a, who's a woman, mm. uh, you know, how often she, she said it, it pops up a lot, was her observation, the Roman Empire. And if you live in London, it probably would. But she said maybe once a month, her sister-in-law said a similar, uh, sorry, my sister-in-law, her sister said a similar thing. My daughter's answer was not very often. And mm. my son said two or three times a day. Mm. Personally... <laughs> So personally, I am a once a day man on average, and I and so I kept a note in support of this podcast. And and admittedly, it is quite difficult to just notice that you're yeah. thinking about when you're thinking about thinking about the Roman Empire. Maybe you're inclined to do it more often, but I think this is not unrepresentative. So I'll tell you a list of the, in the last week the Be times I've thought of the Roman Empire. Before you do, yeah, I reckon I'm about a once a day kind of guy right. as well. Jordan, I'm a not very often, guys. Right. Not very often. Not very often. Once a month at the very most. Yeah. Once be, a month you think about the Roman Empire. And it will be sort of prompted by, oh, there's a bit of Roman wall there, there's an <laughs> right. ancient church, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, but so also it's 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 what is a thought? What, what does that yeah, mean? But let's, let's go on, uh, Nick. So at the end of last week I was in Hamburg and I was thinking about how my distant ancestors came from that area of Germany, north, northern Germany, and, and of course how that area was never conquered by the Romans mm. and that they would have had interactions with Roman Britain. Um, I was reading recently about Venezuela and uh, about a place in Venezuela called Ciudad something or other and it made me think well that's the Spanish for city of course and it's easy to see how that comes from the Italian citta and yeah. I wondered what the origin of that was in Latin and the answer is it comes from civitas. Um, I learned recently that the road very close to me, Green Lanes, might be hmm. 2,000 years old, which made me imagine people in Roman Britain and Roman soldiers walking around at the bottom of my <laughs> Getting road, a kebab. Which is great, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, 
we're getting a new bathroom and we were looking at tiles and it made me think of the tiled floors in Pompeii. <laughs> yeah. um, I was thinking about how frustrating it was. I, I was listening to a soundtrack of ancient music and I was thinking how frustrating it was that we don't have any written music from Roman times. So we don't actually know what they uh, what yeah. their music sounded like. We just have to guess. Um, I was putting tomatoes in a stew and it occurred to me, as it often does, that the Romans didn't know what tomatoes mm. were. Yeah. Um, I was looking up what sandalwood was because I was doing a crossword where sandalwood might have been the answer and it made me think of sandals and that made me think of the Romans. Yeah. Uh, I was doing some maths and that made me think about how it could be done with Roman numerals and how hard that would yeah, be. That would be tricky. Yeah. I was talking with a colleague of mine about a hill called Care Caradoc, uh, which is near, near where they live and which they climbed recently. And uh, he said that the origin was the British King Caractacus who fought a battle against the Romans. Um, I bought a new World War II board game and mm. uh, in it there's Italians. And it made me think about how the Italians in World War II were much less impressive than the than Romans, the Romans. Of the of the uh, you know year zero, mm. um, and then my final example is I was looking at the columns on St Paul's when I was going out for walk. <laughs> what, how on earth did that make um, you think? Of, yeah, anyway. well, because I was thinking about the different types of columns, which uh, class the classical orders are Corinthian, Ionic, and Doric. Yeah. And I thought, well, why didn't the Ro they're all Greek? Why didn't the Romans invent yeah. their own? And it, apparently they did, but uh, Tuscan and composite are Roman column types. But the point is that point that is when all there are, roads. All roads lead Indeed. to Rome. So the point is that that is so. So if I was, that is my evidence that I think about the Roman Empire about once a day because this is just from the last yeah. week, roughly. And and I don't think that's that seems like this a very reasonable yeah. sort of list. Yeah. It's not a bonkers set of things to think. I agree. It's not like I'm sitting there obsessing right. about the Roman Empire. But the so the loads of questions. What does it mean to think about the Roman Empire? Why why might it be gendered? What insights does it get? Why is Peter? What is he thinking about? If he's yeah. not about the Roman Empire, what a weirdo! Yeah, uh, and you know, and then and then I suppose, yeah, why? Do, what is a thought anyway? What does it mean? Yeah, yeah. I think this is in interesting. I think it's going to be one of those episodes, Nick, where this almost never happens. But I think you and me are completely on the same page. Yeah, I predict that we will not argue. Um, which it, it itself starts gets me thinking about Romans and rhetoric. So look, let, let's choose an angle of attack. Um, what about how about this gender side of things, uh, Jordan? Yeah, well, I think the first thing to say is. Rome was around for a very long time, I think about a thousand years. So there's lots of stuff to say about it and think about well, it. Well, 2000, if you count the fall of Constantinople as the end of the Roman Empire. There you go. So uh, there's, there's lots of things you could think about. But I think one of the things that we tend to think about when we think of uh, the Roman Empire is military history. Mm -hmm. um, you know, armies, generals, that kind of thing. Um, and I think that there is a stereotype um, and you know stereotypes there's often a kernel of truth um, that military history tends to fascinate men more than women um, especially certain kinds of men yeah I mean you, you have a dad or an uncle manly men inspired by the Roman Empire the great generals of Rome <laughs> or you know yeah people really into World War II or Napoleon or Julius Caesar or, or what, what have you so I think but I think because Roman history tends to be a lot about battles and armies and stuff things that men are more instinctively drawn to just say Napoleon himself thought a lot about the Romans actually mm. um, and he really did um, um, go on that, that I, I think that could be one reason. I think another is that the the um, the pop culture around Rome. Um, when I think of Rome in pop culture, I instantly think of the of Ridley Scott's Gladiator film. That mm. to me is like the big Rome film. I think that mainly appeals to men as a as a film. I mean, probably there are women like it too, but I think the the the, 
the, the uniforms and the the violence and yeah. the you know like uh, they're the things that I think generally tend to appeal more to men. Uh, I actually came across an interesting um, study that 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 said that um, it looked at all the books that were published about the Roman Empire in the last fifty years. I think, um, and apparently there was a massive increase in the nineties of books published about the Roman empire that's starting to level out now mm. um but that that this this article was saying that it could be a reason why um men who are kind of uh in like in their 40s or 50s or whatever love thinking about rome is because they were surrounded at a very formative time in their life they were surrounded by lots of rome media basically yeah and maybe maybe it's the case that if you'd have asked people in the 50s uh, you know, how they thought about Rome, they might have said much less frequently, but Egypt might have been a big exactly. thing. Exactly, yeah. Because they'd mm. have been young during the 20s and yeah, 30s yeah. when that was a big yeah. thing. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it's probably multifaceted. Um, but, yeah, I think I also, you know, there, there, also, there are clearly women that are interested in ancient history as well. In the UK, you have Mary Beard and Bethany Hughes, these presenters on television. They do stuff about Rome as well. So, I, yeah, I, I, but I think... There are lots of reasons why it's a um, it's a main mainly a man thing. Mm. I think you're definitely onto something with that. I mean, not all not all your examples were military, but let's say half of them were. I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, so this this it is really interesting. This question because we're not placing each other's thoughts. It's it's you know it's one of those things where you think I, this feels like as as fundamental an expression of what your brain is thinking about it's it's not like what you're doing you see you could make an argument that um that take a very male dominated thing like war gaming right mm. now it's just a matter of fact that it's very male dominated and i you know recently went to a war gaming conference and it was probably 80 90 men um that's a, you could you can make an argument that that's intimidating for women i completely understandable and very plausible argument and for, and you know it's just sort of men have made it a man thing and and therefore it's inaccessible to women i think this is it's really interesting looking at what people think about because that isn't something where it's, it seems very easy to invade mm. you know and to influence and so if if it turns out there are a kind of you know big differences about the things we think about that suggests there's something more fundamental going on um and the the so i there is a a very famous paper from 2008 called men and things women and people which looked at um you know pre fundamental preferences uh, on a, it's a meta-analysis it looked at lots of different studies of differences between men and women and the kinds of things they're interested in doing and uh you know and the kinds of preferences they have about things and and the, to sum it up in a very simple and and very generalized way because this is only a tendency it's certainly not true of individuals right so it's just a general uh, a general kind of difference between men and women as i said statistical generality not uh, any claim about any individual men or women that by and large men prefer working with things and women prefer working with people and if you look at the and, and they said that men are uh, have sort of realistic stroke investigative interests so interest in the kind of the real world and how it is and what is true and that kind of thing women are more interested in art, the artistic uh, sort of artistic endeavors and creativity and um and you know social the social world the world of people 
men are more interested in sort of engineering, science and maths and so on. You look at sort of anecdotally male dominated hobbies, their their wargaming, model trains, computer games, audio and radio equipment, stuff based uh, kind of activities. Whereas with women, they're, you know, typically there might be things like yoga or, or crafts or gardening or things that are generally a bit more creative and perhaps a bit less uh, you know, to do with manipulating things. Um, and if you look at degree subjects where there are big disparities um, with, with women, it's medicine. So very female dominated degree subjects are medicine, veterinary stuff, education, languages, creative arts, design. With men, it's engineering, computer science, architecture, maths, etc. So uh, just to throw that in, there, there is a lot. there are lots of reasons to believe this might be reflective of a fundamental difference in sort of well, fundamental, but as I said, a generalisation, but, you know, that a sort of statistically significant difference in the kinds of things men and women think about. Having said all that, the Roman Empire, is it things? I mean, it's made up of people. So I, I think even though it's true that there are all these differences... There are lots of human stories in yeah, there. Yeah, it doesn't strike me as necessarily obviously going to make it that men think about the Roman Empire and women don't. I, I, I mean... OK. Um, I feel reasonably comfortable. Well, I think with we do have to speak about it because it, um, the the main like it is men thinking about Rome. So I think it's it is kind of relevant to try and drill into why it's men that think about Rome more than women. Yeah, you yeah, know, um, I think I agree. It's relevant. I think we've done it. Yeah, yeah. yeah but but yeah. I mean, you know, just yeah, the whole point of this meme, and it's not like it's controversial. I don't think. I think everyone is looking at this and going. Uh, yeah, isn't it weird that men are thinking about Rome more than women are? I don't right. think people are saying that's not true or it's selective yeah. or it's, you know, sexist or anything. It's just a sort of observation that nobody has noticed before. Okay, so for my feeling, I'm happy with what we've discussed there and what we've covered. Mm. But I want to move on to something else, which is I think maybe what's even more interesting is this thought mm. side of it. Because what does that mean to think about something every day, right? Um, yeah. Uh, Peter. So I'm going to start with a little question. Yeah. So when your your list of incidents of mm. people thinking about Rome, were they, was it a, so would you class them as a passing idle thought that kind of took you on a little, on a little breadcrumb trail towards Rome and then you got there and you stopped? Or did you ruminate a bit on, on the fact it was Rome? Right. It's very fleeting. It's, it's like fleeting. of a number of things you think of when you're putting a tomato in a stew. One of them, um, in the course of probably 10 seconds, one of many things you th sort of think about is, oh, yeah, Romans didn't have tomatoes. Um, Before you're on to, why did I get these at Aldi or not? Yeah. Um, these are the only thoughts I have, by the way, which are the fleeting kind, the superficial ones. <laughs> yeah, well, ones. I, I'm going yeah, go 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 to come on to that. So, so I, I'm, I'm often thinking about thinking, and, mm. and by and large it's in a fairly unstructured slightly messy and frustratingly woolly, woolly way I, I'm not I, I kind of wish I could go back to university and study philosophy and just practice mm. thinking and be taught how to think in a in a structured way because uh, but uh, but I like I so a couple of sort of insights from me um, I, of, I often think about different kinds of thinking and I try to adapt my behavior towards some versus others so I said there are two broad there are two uh, I say three broad types of thinking I, I I have so productive thinking is when I'm solving a problem or I'm thinking productively about something and making progress on it so I'm actually sort of solving a little 
problem in my head or developing my understanding or developing my belief about something. Unproductive thinking, I'd say, is like worrying and rumination where you're not making any progress. You keep coming over the same, retreading the same ground or you're just worrying about something that you can't fix. So I I avoid the second one and in favor of the first one. And then the third kind is just... Is, is is and, and then the second, that second one kind of links strongly to anxiety which is something i have i suffer from mm. occasionally um so i my my cognitive therapy that i practice and is, is trying to get out the second more to the first and then there's a third type which is just sort of fun thinking or 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 relaxation or not thinking so when you're watching telly and you're just relaxing and not solving a problem that's a different kind of thinking. It's in like sort of a low power mode almost. And that's an important, healthy kind of thinking that you need. You need. Just to interrupt, this is such a Peter way. <laughs> yeah. This is such a Peter way of thinking so about I, thinking. Because it's quite utilitarian how yeah, you're talking very, about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So, it's very, so that's how I categorize modes of thinking. That's how, so that's how mm. I categorize some modes of my thinking. Um, but yeah, so but, but coming back to Rome, I don't think... I, I rarely think about Rome. Well, yeah, because how many... Yeah, because... I, I, but once a month. Because you would only probably do it in a sort of... Certainly the route into it would probably be a fun kind of thinking, right? Yeah. Um, and I suppose we can sort of use sort of Roman examples to think to solve problems and stuff, but... Um, I mean, for me, for me, it's something like if I see an old road, like, a, like a, or a, I look at a map and I see a very long straight road and I think, that's probably a Roman road. Or... I go to somewhere like Chichester where there are bits of Roman wall still standing there and you go, oh, Roman wall, that's, that's pretty old. Mm. But it's, it, it's, got to, it's got to be triggered by something pretty visceral like that for me. But, but, I, think, but I think the Roman Empire it's not, is... It's not sort of... Just not, it's not, the Roman Empire part of my brain isn't, just, isn't very close, isn't waiting on the wings just to jump in and... and but maybe, sorry, Nick, I know you're going to come in with something, but maybe it's an imaginative, creative thing and I don't, I don't mean this in, I mean this in a sort of non-judgmental kind of way, but maybe you're... Not you're, very you're, imaginative or creative? Yeah, be, yeah, something like that. Whereas I think Nick and perhaps, uh, yeah, Nick, and I think perhaps myself probably are quite imaginative and always thinking, I don't know, is that all, well, uh, Jordan? I, I think, um, I, I don't know, because I think personally, I think I think more about the future than I do the past. And I would put Rome in a... Probably in the past. You can, I think you can be imaginative yeah. about futuristic thinking and not, you know that doesn't mean you Rome will rise again <laughs> but I think one of the things I thought that was interesting about thinking is that we it reminded me of the, that film What Women Want with Mel Gibson where he has this yeah. freak accident and he um, he can start Gets an he, he, he can, can start hearing yeah. women's thoughts mm. um, and but and that that's beside the point but the interesting thing is that he hears them speaking mm. like he hears their internal monologue yeah and it just sort of, um, it made me, like he doesn't hear, you know, he doesn't see like um, abstract symbols mm. or pictures. It's purely language. And I think that kind of struck me as something quite, it, it, it's, it's, there's some, there's a linguistic element to thinking that we do, mm. which is just a kind of dialogue with ourselves. Running commentary. Yeah. yeah. And that kind of made me think, is that all thinking is? Mm. And then... I, another kind of related aspect is it's it's a lot of it seems to me as well is about like scenario generation. We create these like specific, they're quite tightly constrained scenarios, 
and we interrogate them, but we need to kind of imagine yeah. them first and mm. then we get to think about them. Yeah, yeah it's I, almost I've like, often sorry. thought about that as I have the same thing. I, I've often thought that, that as a, a sort of modeling exercise. Mm. So I'll imagine some piece, like I'm trying to stop, I'm trying to maybe, for example, I'm going to be planning a, a party, which I don't do very often, but imagine that's the case. I One of the ways of attacking that problem is to imagine a party mm. And imagine kind of who I'd want to be there, what I would want, you know, what I want to organize for the people, what food do I want, and what drinks do I need, and that sort of thing. That's how I would go about tackling that problem. And that feels like a pretty imaginative way of doing True. it. Yeah. And I, 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 I've always thought about that as sort of, I'm modeling that situation that I, that I am planning. How do I go about what, and then I can interrogate that. I can look into it like I'm mm. watching a tele, uh, a TV show and unpick the bits that I want take throw away the bits that i don't want and then have a thing to have a plan you know have a plan on mm. to plan mm. with um yeah i mean there's an argument <laughs> fundamentally thinking exists presumably because it has a purpose and it's presumably something like the subjective experience of computation so what it feels like to to process information in some way like otherwise <clears throat> what's the point of it don't I know phrase I know you're thinking well because it's fun no but why would it be why would we find it fun um you know there there has to be it has to be there has to be a purpose to it and I think Peter's right it feels to me certainly it some if not all or a large percentage of thinking involves creating something which can be which shares in some sense features of the real world thing that it's representing so that you can find out about it so that you can manipulate that that thing and I don't mean imagining a physical object or anything like that necessarily although it can be you know you can imagine a, a you know like a mathematical construct you know do, do can a what do the angles on a square on a quadrilateral add up to you might imagine a quadrilateral and imagine moving it around so that you can fit the angles together mm. or something but I mean often it's as Peter says like it's an abstract concept that you're thinking of you know which might be represented in a whole bunch of different ways but uh, in general I think that it feels very plausible to me that all of it is geared around somehow drawing an inference which is helpful for you now what why why would we be thinking about the roman empire in that context okay. and i think it is um you know that it's a side effect of the fact that in the real in the evolutionary environment there wasn't a roman empire or anything like it almost all the information you encounter is potentially useful stories about things are useful because they teach you about you know things you might have to do and it and it feels to me like the roman empire well to me has the characteristics of a really good story that has lots and lots of things in the same way that i guess you i probably think about the lord of the rings a fair bit because it's a big story with lots of things in it lots of relevance to lots of different things in some way and mm. the roman empire in terms of the way it intrudes on my thought is like a really is like a really good story with lots of real world examples you know so what's the point of thinking about the fact they didn't have tomatoes well <clears throat> you know maybe it's about uh well what would i what would i do if i didn't have tomatoes well that's right i'd just use i'd use just wine and some herbs that's not a don't worry it can be done you can make a stew without tomatoes but the but you see what i mean like like thinking about what it must have been the romans were great people and they had smashing dinner parties but they didn't have tomatoes yeah. i'm just i'm not saying this is what i was thinking about but you can see that there would be a reason 
that we have evolved the capacity to think mm. the Romans managed all that without tomatoes, you know, because at some point there might not be any tomatoes and we've, we've got to make do. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I completely agree yeah. with you, despite your sort of mischaracterization. Anyway, I've rambled on about the subjective experience of thought, uh, but what else have we got to go on? I yeah. Mean, yeah, no, well, exactly. Yeah. Um, before, just before you come in, Jordan, I think there's, a, especially when you're starting to talk about the evolution side of things, um, elephants don't think about the Roman Empire. Think. Fish don't think about the Roman animals that are not well, humans. Yeah. As, as best we know, don't think about the Roman Empire. So well, the Roman Empire certainly thought about elephants, though, particularly during the Punic Wars. <laughs> they did. Let's hold on. All right. So, um, so I think there's something there about you know why, and there mm. must be for a purpose, right? Mm. Um, now I want to keep on this thought thing. I have um, a, I have a hypothesis as to why I don't think about the Roman Empire. Okay. Much. Before Jordan, you that, first, and then I just want to, yeah, because I think you're right. I think there's like a higher meaning to thinking about something. Like, like if you if you're looking at a painting, you're not just looking at if you're thinking about a painting, mm. you're not just looking at like the strokes and the color, and you're kind of thinking about the meaning behind yeah. the painting as well. That's what it means to think about something. So I think you're kind of you're relating it to your existing knowledge to mm. gain more information about the thing you're thinking about. So maybe people think about Rome a lot because we're taught it in school. We have a kind of existing database of Roman knowledge that we can then interrogate new information with. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, also I think I, the Roman Empire in particular is extremely infused in our, uh, you know, modern day culture. Mm. And, and I, I, I haven't done this, so I don't know, but I think it would be interesting to see if you were to ask um, North Africans how often they thought about Egypt or Chinese people how often they thought about the Han Dynasty or whatever. Um, you know, they, they might, it, it might be a similar thing. Like they might not ever really think about the Romans, but they would have their own version mm. of the Romans, yeah. who, who ser which would serve a similar kind of archetypal, a great people from the past sort of yeah. Uh, role. Yeah, could be. Uh, Peter, you were going to Yeah, us, just yeah. so I mean, I, I, I think that re the reason I'm an infrequent Romist um, <laughs> is, is I, I lack data on it. I don't actually know a great deal about Rome. I, I don't think I've ever read a book specifically about Rome. Um, what I know is from pop culture and from going to the odd museum and stuff and, and having a cursory glance at things. I've never really sort of spent any time studying it. So I, I think I'm just studying, uh, suffering from a lack of data. I haven't got those, those stories in my head that I can pin stuff to. Did you study Latin? Uh, I did for a year or two. Caecilius est parta. Um, yes. There's he's, no he's doubt the daddy, yeah. about <laughs> it uh, that, you know, I don't spend very much time thinking about feudal Japan because it's a very thin, boring picture that I have because yeah. I don't know very much about it. There's no that you that that must be true. Like the more things you know about and associations you have, the more, you the more interesting it is to mind. think Whereas about. I, I, I think yeah, the more things it's connected to. Yeah. Yeah. I think a great deal more about the industrial revolution. Yeah, I was going to say Second World War um, about just uh, about just sort of computers and IT and systemy things because that's what I spend a lot of time thinking about. How often do you think yeah, about well, the industrial revolution? Probably once a week, if once not more. Once a week, right? Yeah. yeah. It's sort of like yeah. you know, spot something oh, that's you know that's that's really recent mm. um that's 
probably that's, re, that's been replaced by something modern, but that's, there's been a factory there for a while. Mm. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Because just say, I probably think about the Second World War more than I think about the Romans, right? I think that might that's be true like, of me as well. I think it I might think, be like yeah. a three to five day thing. I don't know. Okay, have we, have we, are we done with discussing the thought side of Because there's an area I want to go. Are we done? Is there anything else we want to say? Well, I just, that I think actually is quite hard to say whether, what, whether you have thought of something, which sounds like a weird thing to say, because surely the only person who can say whether we've thought of something or not is us, right? Mm. But actually, see, to me, it feels like um, that our thought is like a little searchlight that is moving through a huge dark space, which could be all the things we think about. And the thing is that when when that searchlight is, we imagine that big dark space as being there, mm. right? So if you think about something which is sort of perhaps one little tiny bit of it connects to the Romans, I feel justified in saying, well, I'm kind of thought about the Roman Empire. But if my even if my brain hasn't really quite gone there, it, to some extent, you know, the concept of, say, a sandal. Is infused. I can't yeah. think you about a sandal. Past the Roman string, but yeah. you didn't pull on it that time. No, exactly. But the, but the thing is that it, have I thought about when I think of a sandal, uh, at no point might I actually think about a Roman wearing a sandal. But I, I feel like when I think about a sandal, my concept of a sandal includes the Roman Empire. Mm. So it's it's almost like just the idea, just thinking about a sandal. Well. It's in, in much the same way that, you know, if you think about your hometown, you you are thinking about it as your hometown and not, you, you're not, no part of that thought might say this is your home, but it being your hometown is part of the concept you have of it. Mm. And I and I feel like that's the case. So it, I'm saying it is. It's not straightforward. And I and I we what we don't know is whether in fact men and women might have very different um, bar for what counts as thinking about something. Like I have not picked up the Roman Empire and examined it in my brain, but I still feel happy to say that I thought about the Roman Empire, even if uh, it's just a flash of an image of a Roman sentry walking past the shillelagh kebab shop. Yeah. Wasn't this, isn't this very close to what we were talking about in that um, how it's a peplum thing we did about yeah, yeah, vocabulary? We did. Yeah, 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 I can't remember yeah. where but we I feel like that, that. The trouble is that, that I, I actually got that here, but it belongs earlier on in the podcast, so I think we should... I can just in that bit. No, I'm just saying it sort of feels, yeah, I, uh, feels familiar. It is um, absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, Peter, you were going to say yeah, that? Yeah, I just briefly want to return to thinking about thinking. So I, as I mentioned, I do it in a very haphazard, it feels like, way. Um, and being a technologist, techno-optimist, I'm looking forward to the future where we can augment our brains with silicon or some other sort of hardware. Because what bugs me uh, when I'm thinking Often I get the notion that I'm sort of retreading old ground or I've already thought about this and I've parked it or got distracted and not really made any progress and I'm sort of back at an earlier step than I might have been. Mm. So I'd love a few things to plug into my brain. Ah, like a short okay. list. A short list. So I'd love some way of saving the state of a thought and its history to get mm. to that point. A sort of file, mm -hmm. a thought file. I can go, ah, oh, I've got to stop thinking about this now. Save, come back to it later. That would be brilliant. You could make so much more progress. Yeah. Before I, before he goes before Peter goes on, like how wrong was I when I was saying that I don't think Peter's creative or imaginative? What a load of bollocks that was when I said that. Yeah. Because clearly, don't worry, we're yeah. used to you being wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, I reinstate what I said. The, 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 another thing I'd like would be a better index of thoughts, so I could 
or a, or a search function so I can find these thought files I had, but also just more generally browse the stuff I know and stuff that's maybe pertinent to it. How well, you know, because how often you, you this, is, this is a very frequent phenomenon for me. It's like trying to remember someone's name. I know I know it, mm. but it, I don't have it to hand. It's on the, yeah, on the inverted commas, that. tip of my tongue. Or I know something's important that I need to tell Nick. I've just seen him and he could tell him something important. But I can't remember what it is. It'd be great just to be able to search histories and that kind of thing. By the Windex. way, bad news for you. It's going to get worse. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, and then the other thing I'd like is some sort of task management, task orchestration thing for managing my thought, my compute time. Yeah. Is something that would tell me what's the next most important thing I need to think about or what is on my list of things I want to think about. So I can get re, re, re you know, get start making progress on these thought projects that, that, that are always going it on. It feels to me like you're, what you're saying is that you want to be some sort of autonomous um, AI-driven computer. I th I like to be a, or I'd like to be an AI augmented uh, human. I think I, I think I may I might have a solution to Peter's problems. It's called a notebook. It's called pen and paper. <laughs> well, and, I can't uh, help but noticing I, he's writing on a tablet. Well, as well. exactly. And, but he, and where he's does that come it. from? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, I, and, and and that is exactly. I, I mean, I feel like I. I, all of the progress I've ever made in thinking about stuff has been thanks to pen and paper and having tools like, you know, mathematical notation or being able to draw, mm. a, draw a grid and go, right, oh, that thing, oh, yeah, there's two dimensions here. There, then you yeah. get to sort like, it out. But it's, it's very difficult even to hold a grid in your brain and to think of more than four things that might go in it at mm. once. So, I, you know, I, I've got sympathy for those, uh, you know, for, the, for our ancestors, pre-Roman ancestors, mm. who didn't have cool things like slates and bits yeah. of chalk yeah. to yeah. write and stuff I, I, down. Yeah, I, uh, the externalization of stuff onto pen and paper, on, let's just call it onto information technologies, be that pen and paper or, or computer. Yeah, that's the only way I think I can make progress. But I've always find with pen and paper, it's messy. There's, I've got several different notebooks on the go. Which where's which notebooks the one I want to have that day? Um, there's no, it's not searchable. It's not in any way linked to what's in my head. I'd like it all to be plugged into my brain, basically, directly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Again, as we often do, we're getting very close to Bortles as well with all this. Well, indeed. Um, are we done? No, I think I think there's a we can we can tie this into a thing that we often think about uh, collectively in LF is um, artificial intelligence more broadly. Mm. Um, so we so in in particularly in um, it popular in, in in media, not so much in academic literature. There's a very strong tendency to anthropomorphize AI. Okay, so people will talk about AI in terms of it thinks such and such, it wants to achieve this thing, it believes another thing, or it understands something else. These words, thinks, wants, believes, understands, they're all things that we do as humans, and we've got a pretty good intuitive sense of what that means. But we, we apply that concept to AI in lots of very inappropriate ways. Yeah. Um, and I, this got me thinking again about thinking um, that 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 we that we that we is this laziness or is this or or do we need some new concepts 
that we can apply to AI because it just it, I just wonder is there like a limit to our capacity for understanding things that means we have to rely on these concepts with which we're familiar that will mean we'll never be able to understand really how uh, a general artificial intelligence works and then yeah. a and then a subsequent question is does that then mean that our think our intelligence isn't actually all that general it's actually pretty narrow this is so close this is yeah you think you're an engineer but you're a theolo theologian um peter that's what it feels like to me yeah. um which yeah, is that's I, a compliment by the way um i, I think it, it yeah there is we've i i my feeling is we've got a particular approach to thinking we've evolved a way of doing it which ha also happens to have for reasons we nobody really knows a certain kind of subjective experience associated with it and and it feels not for everyone as i understand it but it feels to me like you know it's it's a combination of imagining visual images and kind of you know words and and that kind of thing it's kind of almost sensory uh, you know, the a thing I'm thinking about is is almost real, you know, when I'm thinking about it. And I think it, we're inclined to say that that's what thinking is. But perhaps, you know, what Peter's touching on is, well, actually, maybe you can do thinking in totally different ways. Maybe you can th have a machine that thinks without having any subjective experience. Mm -hmm. um, like, it doesn't mean you have to have subjective experience just because, you know, to say that you're doing the same thing as thinking. I, I We struggle, I think, to imagine what that might be like because there is nothing that it is like. Because there is, it's not like any being anything. Um, you know, it, it, uh, but it, it doesn't mean it's not thinking. Just because that's how we do it, it doesn't mean mm. it's true to say that a machine isn't thinking. Uh, I'm also not saying it, it means it is true. What I'm saying is that thinking doesn't have to feel or be like the way that we as humans happen to do it. Yeah, I think, uh, this yeah. Is, yeah, I think we're getting to um, semantics here as well. Uh, I mean, uh, not really. a, a I meaning think, of words. But go on. I think because I think intelligence is something we think of as a human thing, but then I think there's this other like performing computational tasks in a systematic way bears a very similar resemblance to what problem solving and all these things we associate with thinking looks like. So yeah. I think there is, I kind of see why we would use those kind of anthropomorphizing terms to talk about AI because it's strikingly similar to a lot of the ways we yeah. perform maths or attack problems. Absolutely. Computational tasks is and something that both of you had said early on, there seems to well there seems to be maybe that's a kind of thinking. Yeah. And the only way we have got to think about thinking um is the, the way we do it. So it's difficult not to um, anthropomorphize. But also we program the machines, right? So the way we think about solving a problem is the way we program them to solve a problem. So like, are they, they're thinking about it the way we think yeah. about it because we built them. Yeah. yeah maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. maybe not. But, but, in, yeah. but for in sort of um, deep neural net uh, recursive mm. learning kind of approaches it very isn't how we think at all it's a very sort of brute forcey kind of way but isn't it a neural net's just a brain like well it's, it's I, analogous I to yeah, a brain. yeah. it's, it's, it's like a it's brain. like but saying where what are the wings uh you know to, to try and draw like because birds fly and we've designed airplanes to fly 
Um, it doesn't mean that an aeroplane has feathers or a brain or anything like that. Like it, it, it we've managed to replicate the same fundamental thing that a from bird biology. Does. Yeah, but it doesn't. It doesn't mean that it has to share other features with a bird. And and I suppose what I'm saying is that if a machine is able to perform the task of thinking, it doesn't mean it necessarily shares any other features other than producing yeah. that output. So two black boxes, one with a human and one with an AI, producing exactly the same outcomes. What's going on inside those black boxes is very different. Yeah. The mm. outcome is the one same. One black box might not feel anything. It could be different. Yeah. But it, yeah, it might be the same. It might be the same. Yeah, it might it be the same. It doesn't yeah. have to be it the seem, same. But it seems, it seems extremely unlikely that we could reproduce in code and silicon something that evolution has produced over millions of years in biology it just feels like there's probably feels more likely to me that there are other modes of thinking than the one we have than there is just one way yeah. of doing well i think I, we've got a lot of too many things here we've un, we've unopened a big box yeah there's a yes of tricky concepts a lot yeah. of food for thought mm. there we're going to stop there so thank you as always i i, I that was super interesting but i loved that I thought Peter was, I think Peter needs to go to the top of the class. Um, so thank you, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrewer. We've been here with Peter Coghill, Nick Hare, and Jordan Fermanis of, of Aleph. Until next time, goodbye.